Church, what we're about to read is a story that unpacks for us what happened after the birth of Jesus, just eight days. And what I want you to pay attention to as we read this story together are the things that God used to nudge people because God is always nudging. So look at Luke chapter 2, verse 6. This is what we read. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, Mary. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now skip down to verse 21. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Now let's stop there for a moment. Do you all know why Jewish boys are circumcised, why Jesus was circumcised? You know, if you go back in history and if you read the book of Genesis chapter 17, you will read about a promise, a conversation that God had with a man by the name of Abram, who we later learned to be, his name became Abraham. And in this conversation, in Genesis 17, God basically made this promise to Abraham to give him a legacy that included a family tree that would grow into a nation, a nation, the nation of Israel, as we know it today. In fact, God promised Abram that his offspring would grow into many nations, and so Iran is also part of the Muslim race, religion, is part of Abraham's lineage through his, his other son. God promised that he would give him many kings, and so one of the signs that God told Abraham sort of to, to seal this promise was circumcision. And so if you were a Jewish boy, your parents would circumcise you as a symbolic physical reminder, sort of like a tattoo, that you are a child of God's promise, that you are a recipient of God's blessing. And here we read in Luke chapter 2, How Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, they circumcise their son, they give him the name Jesus, and then they take him to the temple. Okay, so let's pick up our story, verse 22. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord said, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, can you picture the scene in your mind? Jesus is a newborn baby. His parents, Mary and Joseph, they take him to Jerusalem to go to the temple, which was required by the the Jewish biblical tradition. And in so doing, I propose to you that they are responding to God's nudge. And what they were about to experience is what I call a legacy moment. A legacy moment. Now write this down, point number one in your app notes. God is always nudging. God is always nudging. Letter A, God nudges us through his word. God nudges through the word, the Bible. God nudges us through places. God nudges through places. And letter C, God nudges through people. 
God nudges through people. God is always nudging. And many times, as you'll see here in this story, he'll work through the word, the Bible. Mary and Joseph are responding to what the word taught. So they go to the temple, which is a place. And while they're in the temple, they encounter somebody, which is people. God is always nudging. So let's keep reading. Look at verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple, a place. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law or the word required, Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms. Let's stop there. Brothers and sisters, God is always nudging. We read here about a man named Simeon. We're told that he's a man who... who Loved God, he's described as righteous and devout. Translation, he's a man who's basically been nurturing his whole life, likely, his relationship with God. Simeon likely spent every day reading the scriptures, meditating on the word, trying to apply what he read to his daily life. Simeon regularly did what all of you are doing right now. He pursued his relationship with God. We're told here in verse 25, which is an interesting verse, that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And I, I could go off on a rabbit trail in there because the Holy Spirit really hadn't been given yet, right, until Jesus came later. So that's an interesting, interesting uh, rabbit trail. But translation, I think what, we're, what Luke is trying to tell us here is that Simeon's relationship with God was real. That Simeon had learned how to discern when God was nudging. And we're told here that on this particular day, Simeon was nudged to go where? To go to the temple. Because places are things that God uses to nudge us. And so to the temple he went. And in the temple he waited. Notice verse 28 tells us that Simeon arrived at at the temple, even before Mary and Joseph and Jesus did. So question, how long did Simeon wait for Mary and Joseph and Jesus to arrive? 30 minutes? Two hours? Three hours? Five hours? Seven hours? How long did he wait? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say, but the only thing we're told is that God nudged Simeon to go to the temple, right? And Simeon obeyed. So what do you think? Did Simeon know why God's spirit led him to the temple that day? Well, apparently God had told Simeon that he would not die until after getting the opportunity to meet the Lord's Messiah. So I propose that the temple would be a probable place that the Messiah could possibly show up. Would you not agree with that? Reinforcing this truth that God often nudges us through places. 
And on this day, God nudged Simeon to go where? To the temple. Now ponder this. When was the last time God nudged you? Anything come to mind? When was the last time God nudged you to go and you obeyed? When was the last time God nudged you to go and you disobeyed? Friends, for what it's worth, worth, I have learned that with most things in life, it takes practice to, to become proficient. Would you agree with that? You know, for example, when my dad and mom first put me on a bicycle, the first time I tried, I didn't excel at that little what do you call it, skill. In fact, for multiple times when I got on a bicycle, it generally ended up with a lot of skinned knees, a lot of skinned elbows, and a lot of tears, right? Because I crashed a lot, and maybe you did too. It takes practice to become proficient. When I first tried slalom water skiing, I didn't get up on the water on one ski my first attempt. Rather, it took multiple tries. It took multiple crashes. It took multiple lessons from a coach before I mastered the skill of slalom skiing. And so, friends, I propose that learning to discern God's nudge takes time. It takes three things. Do you know what they are? Practice, practice, and help me out, practice. You know, early on in my pastoral ministry, and some of you have heard this story, Robin and I, uh, after, just after moving to California, we decided to go back to the Midwest where we both grew up, and we decided to visit some friends. Our daughter Gina was uh, a newborn, and so we were uh, traveling with one of those uh, Graco portable baby cribs, you know, that you, would, you set up. And on this particular day, when we arrived at Joyce and Jim Shreppel's home, uh, Robin went into the house with Gina because it was raining, you know, it wasn't really a great day. And so she took Gina in to, you know, kind of show her off and introduce her to the Shreppel clan. While well, I started to offload all of our, our suitcases and started moving them from our van into, in, into the house. Well, I can remember very specifically uh, as I was getting close to the end of sort of our grabbing all of our gear that I, I, I went to grab this, this portable Graco baby crib that we had. And as I went to grab it, I just sort of felt like the Lord said to me, hey, Mike, you don't need that. They have one inside for you already. Well, okay. So then I grabbed some other things. And, and then I came back and the last thing for me to grab was this portal, portable crib. And so I went to grab the portable crib. And as I put my hand on the, the, you know, the handle, again, this, this, this nudge, this, this, this kind of this prompting, Mike, you don't need to grab that. They have one inside for you already. I went, oh, that was kind of weird, you know, okay, so I, sh- I, shut the, I shut the back of the van, and as I started running kind of towards the, the, to the house, to the mud room across sort of this barnyard area, I, midway, I turned around, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to grab it anyway. So I go back to the van, I, I'll pop open the back, I grab this, you know, portable crib, and shut it, and I cruise back into the house, into the mud room, and in the, I'm in the mud room, and I'm taking out my jacket, and my, my boots, and, you know, my shoes are all muddy and stuff. And as I pick up this, this, this portable crib in my hand and I walk through the kitchen area and then through the living room area back 
in, in route to go to the back of the house where the bedrooms were, Joyce, who at that time, the hostess of our, our friend and hostess of the home, she's, she's in the living room area with Robin and Jim, and she's holding Gina in her hands. And as I'm walking past them, uh, back to the back of the house, Joyce stops and she says, Mike, is that a portable crib in your hand that you're carrying? I go, yes. And she said, oh, you don't need that. Jim set up a crib for her, Gina, already in the back room. And as I kind of slunk my head down and turned around and headed back to the van to drop off this portable crib, I, again, I felt this, I sensed this nudge like God was saying, Mike, if you can't be obedient on the things, the little things, how are you going to be obedient on the things that could really impact someone's life? Church, I blew it. But that's how we learn, isn't it? And that legacy moment started for me sort of this life trajectory of trying to listen and obey. And so now when God nudges me to go somewhere, I go. And when God nudges me to do something, I do it. Sometimes there's absolutely zero results. Sometimes the Lord will just say, Mike, I just wanted to see if you were listening. And then there's other times when I will respond to this nudge and it will set into motion this whole domino of, of events. So back to our story. I wonder how many times before this particular day that God had nudged Simeon to go to the temple. Was this the first time? Was this the first couple with a baby that Simeon had seen in the temple? I doubt it. You know, was Simeon, if he was ex expecting the Messiah, was he expecting a man? Was he expecting a baby? I mean, a king, you would think, in my mind, you would think it would be an adult, right? Church, how attentive and responsive are you to God's nudging, to God's prompting? Would you write this down, point number two? Our obedience to God's nudge matters. Our obedience to God's nudge matters. Do you know what I love most about this nudge experience. You know, we can read here in verse 28 that after Simeon sees baby Jesus, he takes the child in his arms. We're told that he praises God. And then what he does is he utters sort of this prophetic word to Mary and Joseph, Jesus's parents. In verse 33, look at it, tells us this. Luke chapter 2, verse 33. Says Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him, meaning Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them. You know, if you were to read on in this chapter, you, you would read about a woman by the name of Anna. Anna, we're told, is an old lady. She could be either 84 years old or she's a widow. She could be had been widowed for 84 years old, but she's at least 84 years old, maybe older. And we're told, if you read on in this chapter, that she spent her days in the temple, day and night, worshiping God in prayer and fasting. Obviously, Anna, the book is trying to show us that she was a woman who had nurtured her relationship with God. And like Simeon, 
God nudged Anna towards Jesus. And like Simeon, if you read on in this story, Anna too sort of utters this prophetic word to Mary and Joseph about this kingdom assignment that Jesus would one day grow up and fulfill. And undoubtedly, her unsolicited input, like Simeon, served as a legacy moment in the life for Mary and Joseph. Let's close out our story. Look at verse 39. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Brothers and sisters, here's what I want you to hear from me today. Don't ever underestimate how your words, when prompted by God's Holy Spirit's nudge, can shape the life trajectory of a person. I am a pastor today largely because of the words that someone spoke to me unsolicited in a period of my life when I was praying about, God, what's my next step? There's a, I can point to a specific time in my life when I was graduating from college. I was thinking about going to seminary. I wasn't really thrilled about the idea of becoming a pastor, full disclosure. And in, in one week, God brought four different people into my life. Three, week, three people in one week and then another person the following week to say to me, Mike, hey, have you ever thought about becoming a pastor? Hey, Mike, I've watched you all week with these kids. Have you ever thought about going in the ministry? Hey, Mike, you remind me a lot of so-and-so. You ever thought about becoming a full-fledged clergy guy? Or that old lady from Pheasanton, North Dakota, who waddled up after a service one Sunday night and said to me, young man, someday you're going to be a pastor, so be careful who you marry. Powerful words when God nudges. Here's my point. I believe that God still nudges through his word, through places, through people. And I invite you to believe that God wants to work through you to help shape the life trajectory of those in your world. Are you available? Are you receptive? Are you obedient? So here's how we're going to close. You know, we're going to be moving through this legacy series. And as I shared last week, if you had a chance to tune in or, or to listen to our broadcast, my encouragement to you through this whole series is to stay curious and stay attentive and stay prayerful and invite God's Holy Spirit to help you discern his nudge because, brothers and sisters, the word teaches us that you and I, as followers of Jesus, are God's kingdom ambassadors. And he wants to speak and work through you, just as he did Simeon and Anna. And so in closing, let's invite you to stand with me. Put everything down, and let's, let's close with a prayer of receptivity, okay? 
So if you're here on campus, uh, if you're at home, if you want to join in and, and, and stand as well, but I'd like you to just, again, put your hands open out in front of you in a, in a posture of receptivity, hands open, heart open, mind open. Take a deep breath in. Again, we're just going to pray, God, I want more of you in my life. As you inhale, hold it. And as you exhale, I want less of me. Now pray this. Heavenly Father, please help me to discern your nudge. Please help me to respond to your nudge. Please help me to know when to speak and when to listen. Please help me to know to act, when to act, and when to wait. God, I want my life legacy to be colored by your nudges. So please give me spiritual eyes to see. And please give me spiritual ears to hear. And please give me the courage to respond obediently. So today, God, in this legacy moment, I offer you my life to be used by you to help shape the life trajectory of those in my world. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your offerings today. Through your encouragement, through your giving, through your smiles. May the Lord's favor be upon you, brothers and sisters, as you respond to his nudging in this coming week. God bless you.